Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Badassery podcast. Today, I have a guest who embodies the essence of creativity, passion, and determination. She's a true badass, folks. Hailing from the vibrant backdrop of Westchester, New York, Samantha Kaplan is a visionary artist who once aspired to conquer the world of fashion design and create paintings that would stir the very essence of humanity. Earlier this year, she traveled to three different countries that she'd never been to before. And for two of them, she didn't know anyone personally when she arrived. When she returned home, however, she was a different person because she consistently allowed herself to expand and grow from the experience. Currently finding herself back in her Westchester roots, she's on a quest to discover the place that truly feels like home. But that is just part of her story, people. This powerhouse not only creates breathtaking art, but also shares her wisdom with fellow artists and creatives, coaching them on how to build a brand that transcends borders and connects with soulmate clients. So get ready to be inspired as we delve into Samantha's remarkable journey as a professional artist who's turning dreams into reality and helping others to do the same. Stay tuned for a conversation that's, I'm sure is gonna ignite your creative spirit and leave you in awe of the limitless potential of the human soul. Samantha, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You are so awesome. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. This is a wonderful way to start to start this podcast. So, there were so many beautiful things that I read about you and I saw on your Facebook page because I first connected with you through Facebook. Yeah. Take us back to the first time that you picked up pen and paper or crayon on paper or paint and paper and said, I'm an artist. Yeah, I, I was 16. It was like, it wasn't like the stores where people are like, have you been painting your whole life? And I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> I actually, as you see my background, other people will see it. I was a really big into sewing. I used to make clothes. I used to make other items. I got started with that like when I was in sixth grade. I was always creating things growing up, but painting was not something I really took seriously until I was 16 years old. I was like, a, what do you call a soft? No, I was like a junior in high school. Yeah. And my mom just kept saying, like, I thought I was going to take the fashion design route. And my mom kept saying, like, listen, you need to connect with these art teachers. If this is where you want to go, they're going to need to write you a letter of recommendation. You're going to need to do that. So when I was, yeah, I was about like 15, 14, I was about 15, 16 around that, around that point. And so one time, one year I finally caved in and I put it in my schedule and the rest is history. Once I started doing dry painting, I was kind of like it opened up a whole other world to me because I actually didn't think I was good at drawing and painting for most of my life. I just didn't. <laughs> and when I actually discovered that I could do it, like it changed my life. Do you think that you felt that way because you just hadn't painted enough or there was some part of you that just made the assumption? I think it was, I didn't have the right teacher. Like I had a great 
our teacher elementary school and we we did all kinds of things and and then in middle school was like I had different teachers and they were fine but it was like no one really made me feel like I was gifted or talented in that area it was kind of just something I did and it was okay like I did nothing there that really felt extraordinary in my opinion and it wasn't until like I discovered one artist in Maui that really kind of like his work touched my heart and that was when I was about 12 years old and what I was able to like really explore the possibility of creating art like his even though my art is so different today that kind of got me really excited about the idea and it made drawing painting so much more than just like oh I have to draw this or oh I have to paint this it became like discovering what's what I'm capable of as a, as a human being. I think it's fascinating that you were able to make that connection at such a young age because let's be honest guys 12 is 12 12 is a little girl <laughs> yeah. But yeah it makes me it makes me think as a grown woman you've been painting for obviously many years yeah a while now noticed that your painting is a reflection of your growth as a human being oh that's, that's I think that's one of the greatest I think our art itself, for those who stay consistent, a lot of artists, it's unfortunate. I think a lot of people who went to art school no longer do it, or if they do it, they don't share it. Um, but I think art is one of the greatest documentations of your growth, because if people who allow themselves to really play with their art, because I think if you want to grow as an artist, you need to play, you need to let loose, you need to like just let yourself do things and make mistakes and be okay with it. But that's where you see the greatest evolution, I think, of your growth in painting. I think it's one of the greatest documents of your growth. But what a wonderful correlation between art and life. Because what I heard you yeah. say was, hey, artist, give yourself permission to throw the paint, yeah. paint by the lines, you know, yeah. think. And that leads to leads to growth. And yeah. for you that are listening, hello, that leads to growth as a human being as well. Yeah. Don't afraid <laughs> to paint outside the lines or to try something. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the cornerstone of being badass. What's your favorite medium today? Well, my primary medium is oil, but I actually just started playing with acrylic again after not doing it for like 10 years. So that's actually been a lot of fun. I also do ink on paper. So I'd say oil, I mean, I don't know if oil's the answer. It's more of just what I've done. And I don't know if that's changed or evolved just because I stuck to one medium for so long. Because in the beginning, I loved it because there was just so much you could do with it. The one thing I don't like about oil is there's you need a proper space and it's smelly and there's fumes so it's like when I started doing acrylics again I was like oh my god this is so easy <laughs> it's such an easy setup and cleanup compared to you know with oils it's a whole to do so that, it's a fun thing so I feel like discover my favorite medium I think it's kind of becoming an evolution where I thought it was one thing and now I'm still deciding is that really my favorite medium or is that just what I've become so used to after so long again my god what a powerful um, observation yeah that translates into life as well because many of us my clients included yeah. included we yeah. get stuck in a rut yeah we make assumptions that this is what I do because this is what I do oh I like this yeah. and then we stop and think about it you, you, you may say and this is what happened to me well if I'm honest I liked it before now it's just eh yeah I most know. of us don't do that though right most of us don't have courage I think to question yeah and I think that happens way too much in life we get really comfortable with certain things and we're like this is just the way things are and I think because of my background I've been through a lot as as a young as a young adult like especially my early 20s when I witnessed my parents go through a really terrible divorce and it wasn't an easy one it lasted years and all of that I just 
the idea of being stuck is something I really struggle with. So I try not to stay in that space very long. If I do, I don't usually end up very well. <laughs> so that's why I, I'm in a place right now where I always kind of choose growth and I choose expansion. I choose, I'm willing to kind of push my edges to discover what's on the other side of it versus staying stuck. Cause I, even though that may feel scary, what you get from it is so much more than just doing the same thing over and over again and choosing to stay stuck in that, even if it just, it doesn't fulfill you, it doesn't light you up, it doesn't move you forward in any direction. So I have yeah. to ask, yeah. find yourself experiencing this willingness to stretch. Oh yeah. First in your artwork and then in your personal life, or does, do you find it happening because of your experience of doing it in your artwork, it's quite easy for you to do it in your personal life, in your interrelationships, personal relationships, for example. Yeah. I think it first started my artwork, and I'll be honest, it wasn't like an easy stretch. <laughs> it took me years, because in college is when I really, they, they give you no choice, at least I guess the art school I went to, they didn't really give you any choice but to stretch. And they were kind of like, you stretch or you don't go through the program. And it was like, you had to choose. So I really was given a place where I had no choice but to stretch. And that was more, I probably made it more painful myself for myself than I needed to. But the moment I finally did, that's when everything started to change. And I finally started realizing like, oh, wow, like how much you could grow and evolve and change and how much your work could touch people when you allow yourself to go to that place. When you finally allow yourself to let go of what feels comfortable, what you've always done then you kind of discover, oh, this is what you're really capable of. So I think it first started with my art. And then when I discovered, I didn't really know about personal development until I graduated from college. And when I discovered it, I was like, whoa, this is really cool and really powerful. And I kind of became somewhat obsessed with the whole concept behind it. And yeah, I kind of, I've been trying to embody it as much as I can, because I really think that's where the growth is, even when it's the growth. And I'll be honest, the growth is not fun a lot of the time. A lot of times it's freaking painful. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why so many of us shy away from it. Yeah. But it's it's one of those, you know, it's a catch 22 because. And I know this from experience and my clients will say the same, and I'm sure that you've got had some clients that are the same way, which is I just don't want to go there. I've spent a lifetime of ignoring it. Can we just not <laughs> Like really, I've I've had this I've had this tightness in my gut for as long as I can remember. It's what I'm comfortable with, and I know there's stuff there. But honestly, let's just move on, because it does hurt and it is uncomfortable. But I often say to my clients, just let's just pretend, like let's just let's just have fun, and imagine what would your world be like if you didn't have that feeling. Yeah. Play. And of yeah. course, that opens up the door for all kinds of introspection and, and growth. But yes, to your point, it's not, it's not easy always. No, it's really not. <laughs> I also think it's not always easy being an artist because I paint and draw and, you know, I do a lot of stuff myself and there have been times when I was younger, when I got so angry that I couldn't put onto paper what I had in my head and then like, well, fuck it. I forget it. I was going to, I'm actually not an artist anymore. I, I changed my mind because the frustration was there. So I think no matter what we take on in life, yeah. we expect there to be growing pains. Oh, yeah. I mean, there always is. It's interesting because you talk about the idea of not going there. And for me, I've kind of reached a point where I'm like, let's just, I, 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 I'm like, let's just go there. I don't have time to like not go there. That's kind of my mentality because I see when you don't go there, like, it's still controlling you. 
it's still controlling your behaviors. It's still controlling you subconsciously. It's still controlling your programming. It's controlling how you show up in the world. It's controlling things you do and things you don't do. It, or it controls you in cycles you get yourself into that you're not even aware of. So it's still there. So I'm kind of the person like, let's just go there and set ourselves free. I've also seen, I had a parent who never went there. And I saw, I've seen his decline because of not going there. So I kind of do the exact opposite. I'm like, I'm not go. I'm not going that direction. So I want to go there. The other thing too is, and I know there's, I know our listeners are going to appreciate this. Yeah. yeah. It's exhausting to not go there. Yeah. yeah. It is exhausting to yeah. ignore, pretend, yeah. put on a happy face. Yeah. Even if you don't realize that you're doing it, it's once you let go of it, you realize, at least I realized, oh my God, I can get yeah. 10 pounds. Like I just, whew, yeah. it feels yeah. so great yeah. to, to yeah. admit. Um, yeah. Nice. So you went to school for your art. Yeah. You've been an artist all of your adult life. When did you decide to turn your art, your business into one that helped other artists or other creatives? Yeah, this was actually around 2020. Um, it was something I've always wanted to do. It just that was kind of the opportunity to do it. Because um, it was something I always dreamed about. I always my initial vision, and it's kind of funny how it manifested very differently from how I envisioned it manifesting. But initially, I had this vision of, oh, I was going to teach people how to up level their art, and we're going to bring business into it, and all these different things. So my first program in 2020, that's exactly what I did. I taught artists how to take their art to the next level, and we brought in bits of business. But I realized when that was my main focus, that was my main selling point, um, the artists I attracted were not really people they're more hobby artists. They weren't artists who are really out there to go out and make a difference, change the world. And so I did that for like eight months and then I kind of pivoted. And at that point, because when I was doing that, I was critiquing like four days a week and I love critiquing, but that was like a point of burnout <laughs> and like doing that all the time and having to always be on all the time doing that because that's kind of how I structure the program to be. So after that, I realized at that point, talking about business and teaching business was way more exciting to me. So I went just back into the business route and I eventually just led more back to artists I was kind of teaching foundations of business to everyone because all the foundations essentially apply and then I started gravitating more artists into my world so I went back more into artists and it's funny now because now we're kind of bringing all the elements back into it bringing branding into it we're bringing actually helping them with their art back into it but it's in a completely different package in a completely different way because these people already made the decision they're, they're on the journey to going full-time with their art. Now it's just, how can we help them with all the aspects so they feel confident charging the prices they want to charge? So it's really funny. It's like when you have a vision and you think this is how it's going to manifest and actually it takes you on a completely different path to finally manifest that vision. <laughs> Listen, I am learning that while I am incredibly creative, I do yeah. not know the best way for things to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing in my yeah. entrepreneurial journey has gone the way I planned. Exactly. I am finally two and a half years into it finally at a point where I can say, okay, universe, what the F like, yeah. just like, okay, I, this is what I want. Yeah. I want to experience this emotion and this feeling yeah. help me to figure it out because yeah. everything's my planet. And it's so great in my mind. Cause I am very, um, I'm very creative and I've got such yeah. an imagination. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if I feel like the universe is laughing at me going, Oh, for God's sakes, Mahara could you just chill? That's not how it's going to work out. That's actually, <laughs> um, you're actually yeah. not meant to do that. Like, yeah. okay, just yeah. take a deep breath today. Today, you're meant to eat ice cream. Really, yeah. just all you're meant to do yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whereas I'm like, I'll eat the ice cream and, and yeah. get all this other stuff done. 
I know. And a lot of what I've learned a lot is a big part of the journey is surrendering. It's a huge part. And traveling, traveling is one of the greatest teachers of that, because most of the time when you travel, things don't go as planned. They just don't. Things come up that you could have never planned in a million years. So how quickly you're able to adapt, stay calm and surrender in those situations. I mean, that's key. And the beautiful thing is you always end up being okay, most for the most part. But like, it's learning how to do that and learn that like, you know, you're fine no matter what, even when life feels really challenging, you're still okay. So I want to talk about your traveling. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned in, in the intro that you had, you'd gone to three, three places this year. Yeah. Yeah. Did traveling figure heavily in your life prior or was this the start of the traveling bug for you? Yeah. I mean, I've really always loved traveling. Like I was fortunate enough to travel. Like my my mom took us to Florida all the time. So my grandparents, my grandma, my grandparents live there. Now my grandma lives there. And we would often travel often in the summers, usually within the States. We never went to crazy places like abroad or anything like that. Um, but it kind of like got this thing of, it kind of became a normal thing at that point. And then COVID kind of challenged a lot of that. And I used to, one thing I also love doing is like when I became an entrepreneur, my favorite thing in the world was like going to entrepreneurial events where you connect with other like-minded entrepreneurs. To me, I think that was like one of the most exciting parts of being an entrepreneur because it's like you're building community with people who get it. And so I love that. And then kind of happened was in uh, like 2020, was like we kind of were stuck. In 2021, I traveled a little bit, but it was still like an edgy thing to do. And 2022, I ha- I rented a studio space and just because of the way things were arranged, I was supposed to do a show. I, there was so much going on and I felt really stuck. And this year I was like, it's going to be different. I can't do another 2022. So this year I kind of went all out. <laughs> I've been traveling like almost every month. It's been like that. It wasn't initially planned that way, but it kind of became that way where I ended up traveling to all the just new opportunities came up and I took, I took them on because I just knew this was something that was going to help me get to that next level, or this was going to help me grow, or this is for me, the last time I traveled to a different country, I was kind of exploring, like, do I want to live in the US or do I want to live in a different place? Because after going to, um, I went to an event in Estonia and after meeting people all over the world there, it kind of allowed me to open my eyes to be like, is the US the only place for me to live or are there other places? So I kind of started opening, expanding my mind. Like there's so much more of the world than what we know in our bubble. And you don't know until you experience it. Yeah, good point. So I'm curious, though, yeah. and I'm kind of put you on the yeah. spot a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. that the, the traveling recently allowed you to learn and grow to the yeah. next level. Yeah. What does that level look like to you? Because and the reason I'm asking is that those of us in the personal development field yeah. kind of throw around these these phrases that mean that we understand, but people yeah. that are part of the personal development space, they may be thinking, what the hell is she yeah. talking about? What do you yeah. Like, is this a game? So can yeah. you give us some concrete examples of what you mean by that? Because I think there are some listeners that will really appreciate this idea of growing and, and moving yeah. up to another level of growth. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, and this is something I personally struggle with, and I'm kind of figuring this out on my own right now, is I feel like when we're often in the same, doing the same routine all the time, we get into this state of complacency, where we want more, but we just kind of built a habit and a standard around where we're at this moment and then when you start going to different places you start and you, especially when you start to getting to meet other new people and see different things you start to raise your standards of what's okay what I'm willing to tolerate and when you raise those standards when you come back you're like we're not going 
backwards. We're only going forwards. Like I'm not going below this level of tolerance that maybe you got very comfortable with before. So that's why, like for me, I love going to places that challenge that level of tolerance that make me sometimes question what I've allowed myself to tolerate so far and expand that to show you like, oh, you think you could go this far, but look at this whole other level of expansion that's available to you. And I feel like seeing the world and getting outside your comfort zone really allows you to challenge that and play with that and expand that and see what's actually your possible, what's possible for you, what you're capable of, especially when you get out of your normal habits. Or I feel like our habits, habits could be great, but they could also keep you trapped. Would it be fair for me to, to add the word into this conversation or the, the idea into this conversation that when you travel, you were afforded opportunities to question your judgments about yourself and about oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So because what I'm hearing is, you know, it's not just expanding your ability to speak a different language. It's not just yeah. willing to eat a different type of food. With yeah. all that comes some deep seated judgments that we may have held from our upbringing about yeah. ourselves and what we're capable of and what yeah. the, the world is capable of. And, you know, just on a purely on the on the most basic level. I think that when we travel, we give ourselves permission to recognize that everybody is special. Even that this group of people don't wear clothes. Yeah. For example, if you were to go someplace, yeah. in, you know, in, in. Yeah. It also gives you a sense of compassion. Like I asked what place I was at was Costa Rica because I was playing with the idea, like, what would it be like to live there? And I discovered it's not the place for me. But like, you have a sense of compassion because a lot of people there, like, they don't even have money for food and you're just kind of like supporting them with what you have at that moment and initially I was for me I'll be honest initially for me it felt kind of annoying when you're like you go out to buy something and then you feel obligated to give it away immediately like that and then eventually I got to a place of like no like I remember talking to my Airbnb host about it because she's been all over the world she's not from Costa Rica but she ended up there and she was kind of saying like you know people in Costa Rica they take care of each other like it's like not common for people to go hungry because people take care of each other. And it kind of just shifted my whole perspective of like, yeah, we're here to take care of each other. And even though that's not normal to me from what I'm used to in the US, it's a beautiful thing when you know you could take care of someone just by giving like, whether it's one of their, I think their currency was colonies or you could give them like one of those or you could give them a piece of bread or something. Like it kind of just shifts just how you see everything and really makes you feel grateful. Like look how much I have. Mm. Oh, I love that. And, you know, going back to your point of yeah. opening your eyes to what's around you when you travel. Yeah. yeah, I traveled quite a bit when I was young, younger. And one of the things that I've learned, and I've been trying to, to teach it to my children, I think I have, which is most people in, in the world want to be seen and yeah. heard. Yeah. Especially when you're traveling to ask someone or to look them in the eye and to ask them a question and to give them the respect of listening to their answer or just asking more about them and their culture, yeah. their, what yeah. they're doing. It's what makes us human, right? It's what it's yeah. this connection. And yeah. I love that you're recognizing the opportunity for growth as a human being by traveling because yeah. the question, wow, first of all, wow, this is so foreign to me, but yeah. Secondary, man, I'm so fortunate to live in the States or to have this or to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Traveling is beautiful. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm wondering, though, yeah. did you experience any breakthroughs or real changes with your art as a result of your traveling? 
Yeah, you know, it's a really great question. And I think I have very recently, and I don't know if it's because of my all my traveling. I think it's more because I was at a retreat right before I went to Costa Rica. And I we were really looking at the different masks we wear as humans to like, it's kind of like, you know, we wear masks. We I guess I guess the term is like massive anxiety that we put on to like, you know, survive in the world, to kind of cover up all the stuff that goes on. And for a while, I had two masks and I had the perfectionist mask and the performer mask. And they, you know, helped me out for a while, but it was getting to a point where it was like, they could be debilitating in a sense when you're kindly doing it. And it's taking away, when you're putting on those masks, they kind of take away the essence of who you actually are. And it's something I'm still working on, like releasing and letting them go. And I remember they were like, okay, now it's your job to actually like do it. And it's like performer, I was like, okay, I could kind of figure that out. But the perfectionist, it's like with my art, I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. And I remember when I was, we had a follow up retreat call when I was in Costa Rica and they said, well, what if you just like do a, like, and don't do with one of your commissions or things like that, but you do with a painting where you kind of just like let loose or you kind of just, even though that's what I already do, but you kind of just break those rules or I forget the words they said but how I kind of processed it was like you break those rules or you just do things differently or you're okay with not finishing how you typically finish or, or whatever and what was fun what was fun was when I came back I was like had a very different level of tolerance when I came back to New York so I've been rearranging furniture rearranged so much stuff and I created space where I could also acrylic paint and what's fun is I've literally been breaking all the rules, the perceived rules that I've been taught or put on myself throughout the years. I'm like, I don't know if there's a ton of rules with acrylic paint. Like I know don't mix acrylics with oils. That's just, I wouldn't want to do that anyways. That's just a bad idea. But when, I'm like, if there's any rules, I'm breaking them because I'm just allowing myself to let loose and just like take two directly from the paint, which is, was a, a, in the past a big no-no. <laughs> and like, just kind of play like what happens when I do this what happens when I do this and not being really attached to an outcome of course I'm going to make it to my standard of painting at the end but that alone has allowed me to have a huge breakthrough in itself like taking off those masks that we so easily wear to just make it in this world so we're going to take a short break right now but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds ladies unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. What a fantastic story. I'm very visual. So as you were describing it, I could picture you going paint, paintbrush, you know? <laughs> yeah, like literally. <laughs> Doing what you like. But I think what's really important and I want to highlight it for listeners is you said all of this without focusing on the outcome and that's such a big lesson for all of us in life because we are outcome driven we are outside driven. yeah i want to get i want to get the promotion i want to have the nice car i want to have the nice outfit i want to all of these things we feel that we need to to establish who we are in the world you know the work that i do and this podcast it's about saying uh bullshit you don't have to do all that you just have to smile and be yourself and the outcome is the outcome. Focus on the experience and the outcome is going to happen. The outcome is going to happen. 
Yeah, and I think it's yeah. a big, like, I don't know if you said this while recording or before recording, but a big part is what's the feeling you want and let go of what that feeling has to look like. So many times we put an image or an idea or it has to be this. And it's like, you don't, you may think you want that, but what you really want is the feeling that's associated with that. So let go of exactly what it has to be and be like, this is the feeling that of what I want to manifest. How can I embody that now? How can I live in gratitude for that now? And be striving to experience that now versus how it has to look. And it, But it's such a hard thing. And yes, I, I think I did say it before we started recording. And I still work on that because, you know, I want to feel, for most of us, you know, there's like three or four main things that human beings yeah. feel yeah. love, secure, yeah. worthy, and safe. Yeah. Yeah. And it begs the question, well, how can I feel safe if I can't pay my bills? Yeah. Right. That's what, that's what clients will say to me. And that's what I've said to myself. Like, well, that's great to say. Yeah. yeah it's great to say worthy, but I'm alone. It's great to yeah. say, I want to feel worthy and love, but I'm, I'm single nobody loves me or, you know, those stories that we tell ourselves. So, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really what, what I'm, what I'm in yeah. answer to you is yes, we do tell ourselves stories. Yeah. Yes. It is a growth process to let go of the need to control how we get to the outcome or even the outcome. Yeah. And the greatest things I think that we can give ourselves is the gift of curiosity. Yeah. So, as an artist, you've already talked about how you've given yourself that gift by saying, what would happen if I didn't paint in the lines? What would happen if I, if I went against all of the rules that I've been taught? Yeah. As yeah. human beings, we can give ourselves the gift of curiosity by being brave enough to say, why do I feel this way? Yeah. Okay, let's get curious. Why did I say that to that person? Why did I give the evil eye just because he did like, why, why? It takes work, but that's why you have coaches. That's why you have therapists. Yeah. And, and yeah, and you look at the layers. Like you said, the thing with the money thing, because I'm very familiar and I work with a lot of clients who have that money money situations. And it's like, well, it's also looking at what have you been programmed to do? I'm actually reading, I was studying a book with my students by Paul McKenna. And for some reason, it's out of print. And I don't understand why it'd be out of print, but it's called I Can Make You Rich. And what's very fascinating, he said something about the difference between people who have wealth or who actually rich versus people just have wealth or is really just the people who are truly rich in every sense of the word, they may have money, but it's their confidence and their ability to create more. It's not just what they have. It's their confidence that they create whatever they want when they need it. That's what truly rich means. It's, and that's where, if you don't have that, that's what you need to work on is in your confidence to be able to create what you want or what you need. It kind of ties into that understanding and we've all heard it. I don't know what the exact percentage is, but let's say 90% of major lottery winners lose the money within the first, like they go through the money within the first yeah. couple of years yeah. Yeah. because they have never learned how to create wealth or they've never learned to be wealthy. Um, they don't know. They don't know what to do with it. It's like they've received all this. It's like, cause what we talk about money, many people have heard this terms of money as energy. They may not understand what it means, but let's just, let's pretend like you do. They receive all this energy. And it's like, they can't handle all this energy. So what must they do? They must spend it all because it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel safe to have this, even though it seems like the dream. So what do they do? They just figure out, oh, how can I get, like, how can I release myself from this? And that's why we see those stories because they don't know how to hold it. They don't know how to hold the energy that all that comes with all that money. I'm curious. 
if as you were developing your artistry, did you ever struggle with holding the accolades that came your way? I don't know. With I wouldn't say that. I mean, for me, I worked so hard to get to where I was with my art. Like, so most people don't know about this, but I was the one who'll be up to like three, four or 5 a.m. in art school police officers come they're like why are you still up like <laughs> they're like I would be up this late unless I was getting paid like literally one police officer would joke around with me all the time like I was that person I was that crazy person who was worked so hard to master something so I think with my art because I worked so it wasn't something that was just given to me like yeah maybe I had this talent or gift that I developed but my art is what it is today. I don't work as hard today to develop it because it just, it is what it is today. It's kind of something that's become an evolution, but I work so hard to get it to that place. This is so. so interesting. I love that you pointed that out because that's wonderful. And yay for you. It is okay to be proud of yourself. Yeah. It is okay to recognize that you've put in a lot of work, a lot of effort, yeah. blood, sweat, yeah. and tears. And it's yeah. okay to be, it's okay to be paid for your work. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. know that a lot of us struggle with the money story in fact it's probably the biggest thing that comes up in in coaching I would think across the board uh, yeah well I I honestly think I've had I've had a lot of conversations about this is the world teaches us to have a really bad relationship with money and I think when we talk about money stories it's like well look at what's the one thing humans across the board struggle with probably more than anything else I mean, I think we have like money, health relationships, but I feel like money is becomes even more dominant and it's because the world teaches us to struggle. <laughs> it's nuts but you're right yeah uh, I think that's a big part of it's a big part of the problem that's why we have like these limiting beliefs it's that's why people are worried about well what if I can't pay my bills if people have a good relationship with money they wouldn't have that concern but it's because they're kind of taught to be afraid of money they're taught that money has all these even though money's just a form of it's just an exchange of value that's all it is but because we have all these layers around it it's more it, to us it has so much more meaning behind it than just the simple exchange of value people can't wrap their minds to being that simple oh if i just offer more value i could create more money and you know to your point and i i'm not going to go down yeah. this road yeah, fully but we have grown up in a society that uses money as a carrot and has determined that one sex is more valuable than the other because for the exact same work this yeah. sex is going to get paid more and yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's ingrained, it is ingrained, but I love that you were working with your clients to, especially in the art world, to unlearn that and to help them celebrate their, their art and their skill set. What's yeah. one of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself in this role? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's kind of interesting. I've been like, people often try to put a title on me and that's something I really struggle with because I never like being put in a box. And I was like, well, I don't just do this. I do all these other things. But I kind of figured out like, what is it that I actually do when I work with clients? And I kind of realized like, oh yeah, I'm ultimately the, they're like their creative director. <laughs> so that's been really cool. And I've been able to really figure out like how to serve them. Because my big thing, when I decided I was going to be a mentor, or I was going to be a coach in this space, my biggest pet peeve with the coaching industry, I have several pet peeves, but one of my biggest things, it's like, they only address one issue, but they don't look at the whole picture. And I'm like, there's so many layers to having a business and to making money. And especially with art, there's even more layers. So it's not just like strategy, like how to get in front of collectors. And it's not just branding, even though I feel like that's something that's not even talked about enough within the art education industry. Like I'm not the art, well, the business is selling art, that industry specifically in that niche, but it's also 
let's look at the programming. Let's look at how most of these people have been programmed to think. Let's look at all their looming beliefs of why they haven't been selling their art already and all the things that have been holding them back and all the details that are keeping them off track and why they may be on track and then get off track. Like there's all these other emotional layers tied to it. And I think it's really fascinating that like often you may think you'd be, oh, today I'm going to teach them this thing today. And then the conversation ends up deviating to something completely different because they need support with this thing that's keeping them stuck. And it has nothing to do with the business or strategy aspect. Well, as Gabby Bernstein says, and I quote her all the time on the show is, you know, success is an inside job. And we forget how much of it has to do with how worthy we are. I think just seeing it, looking at my students and what's the biggest thing they struggle with. I'd say most of them it's self-worth. Mm-hmm. It's not even like some of the things, yeah, there's some skills like that everyone could get better at. And it's, it's a practice and it's for them to figure out what are the, what are they meant to do? What are they meant to delegate? Like whether it's for delegating, like we talked, we had this conversation before, let's delegate to people you pay. What are the delegating to people in your family who are happy to help? Like what's, what are the things that you specialize in? What are the things you could delegate? Um, like there's those aspects, but at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing I see is what's holding them back is a sense of worthiness. And to your point, it, yeah popped up in my head just now when you were talking is the term starving artist. Well, that's okay. They're a starving artist. It's okay that they're, star- you know, there's because that's what artists are. And it's such a terrible term. Like, why would it, why would that even come into existence? Yeah, I don't know. I, I am so against the term and I think it's allowed too many artists to take on an identity of, because I'll be honest, being this niche, it's not the easiest niche to be in because you meet a lot of people who are like outwardly struggling and you wonder why is that in this case, but I don't see it in other business niches. And it's because they take it on that identity to struggle. And I think I see it in the arts. I also see it in the acting space for people who haven't made it yet. Like they take it on that identity that I'm going to choose this, I'm going to struggle. And it's like, that's a decision. That's even even if you don't have much, that's still a decision. It's to struggle is a decision. Okay, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Saying mic drop, but it's so true. And you know, that's why the work that that we do, albeit different clients and different niches, is so important because yeah. many of us have bought into the BS. Yeah. And we need help understanding the layers. I loved how you how you referred to it earlier. There are yeah. so many layers to everything that we do. Yeah. It's okay to question them and it's okay to yeah. put them back. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Have you seen on a, I'm going back to the art world now, which truthfully yeah. people, I don't know that much about other than yeah. I, love, I know what I love and I know yeah. what to do, but I'm curious, have you seen, have there been any interesting trends in the art world in the last five years that you've gone, wow, who knew paper mache was going to make a comeback, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, to be honest, I haven't been so close, aside from like, you know, just what I do, what I've done on social media here and there. I haven't been, like, I actually just went to the Museum of Modern Art for the first time in years, like last weekend, because I took a step away from the city with COVID. I was like, I'm staying far away from here. It's too many germs. Um, So that's a really great question. I don't know. I know during COVID, the art world was really challenged. I know that was a big thing. Like I, I was hearing stories and I was spending a lot of time with an artist who, you know, he actually does pretty well as an artist, but his mindset is like down the tubes. <laughs> Even though he makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year as an artist, he his mindset, like he initially like was just not in the right place when COVID happened. And then it ended up working out very well for him in the end, but he had to sh- he had to shift his thinking but he would tell me stuff about how people are all of a sudden dramatically lowering the value of their art and all this and I don't know 
you know, how much of that is actually true? I, I don't, I don't know because people, some people will just focus on the negative and was that across the board? Probably not. Maybe with some scenarios, yes, because people are in a panic mode or like, shit, what are we going to do? Um, because the world just shut down and everyone's priorities immediately shifted and things that people were buying before they're no longer buying. But I feel like we've like bounced back in a different way. And what does your gut tell you about the introduction of AI into the art world? Because, and I'll tell you why I even think of this question. I've, I've written a couple books and the second book I've almost finished requires illustrations. And in my dream, I'm the illustrator, but I can now say I am not talented enough to illustrate this book. Mm -hmm. So I've had people, I'm starting to look into having people illustrate for me. And people have said, oh, why don't you just get AI to illustrate it? And I remember going, I'm sorry, what did you say to me? Like, are you insane? And they're like, Mahara, it is a thing. And I was so, I was offended actually. And, and yet I use AI myself yeah. in other, in other ways. So what do you, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I just had a conversation with another artist about this the other day. You know, I think a lot of people are terrified about AI and the people who are terrified about it really don't know enough about it and aren't using it as a tool. And I honestly think AI is a tool to help us accelerate us forward. Like, I don't feel intimidated by it because I'm like, sure, someone could generate something and print something out, but is that this like people buy art especially people spend a lot of money on art because of the feeling of what that art gives them because of the hand because of what that means to them and AI could generate beautiful images but you're never going to get that from AI from a computer generated you're never going to get that deep feeling that deep story that deep connection from AI okay I just want to say that that is a super cool that's a great observation because you know we are made up of energy and the yeah. or the fear or the despair or the yeah. confusion that goes into creating artwork, whatever the final product is, hold yeah. that energy. Yeah. Artwork that is generated from AI has all of the colors in the right spots yeah. without the energy. So I really appreciate your that that answer yeah. because yeah. that's right. We don't know enough about it. Yeah. And really. If we understand, if we believe that everything has energy, then we don't need to be afraid of it. It's just not going to have the same thing. And people, I, I can't, I mean, I can be wrong, but I can't imagine people who spend ridiculous amounts of money on art are going to be like, oh, we'll just get AI to generate something. Like it's, no, there's a passion about the art, about the arts, about the process, about something that I think AI art is actually, um, it could be an amazing tool when you need to generate images for like blog posts, you need to generate images for certain things. It's amazing that you have a tool that could just do that and could save you so much time and money in certain aspects. But I think there's certain things like I actually have this, I just framed this. This is a print from an artist, one of the artists that like really inspired me. Like AI can never generate the feeling I get from looking at this. Like there's this, there's one artist, unfortunately he's gone down. I found out when I was in Maui, he went down a path that wasn't great. But when he was a big artist, like back when I was 12, like his work touched me. And I, I don't know if AI art could ever touch us in the way that like the artist at a hand who's actually experienced life and what they create and how that emotional from what they create. I don't think it could ever do that. I have to agree. And, you know, I liken it to if AI generated a sculpture of David, it would not have the same emotional impact on the world that Michelangelo David did. What a cool conversation that this has been. Thank you so much. So 
I want to ask again, though, I, I mentioned it earlier. What are some, I think you're a badass because of all of the things that we've discussed, <laughs> been talking about, but what are a couple of things that you can share with, with our listeners that you tips, for example, to help them be a little bit more badass or authentic yeah. or open yeah. in their life? Yeah. Well, one thing that just came up to me when we were talking about AI is really, I think AI really gives us the keys to up level. Cause even we're just talking about like in terms of art and AI generated art, it, that's why it's like just copying an image to, as art, as maybe that was acceptable in the past. That's not enough anymore. It's like, it's giving us an excuse to up level in all areas of our life. And I was actually talking about this with someone the other day. He was saying, well, AI is going to take away so many jobs. It's like, well, they're taking away jobs that most people don't like to do. <laughs> that people in the past, there was a need for that job. And now it's like, it's giving them the opportunity to up level and actually use their brain to think and become creative and create something that maybe they would have never thought to create before. So it's like, we're all given this major opportunity to up level because we could go into our zone of genius and discover what that is and have AI actually support us with that. So that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, what was, just remind me what the question was again. What are the tips for people listening on how they can, and you can this one already, don't be afraid of AI, but use yeah. it opportunity to up level into your zone of genius. That's a great tip. What's yeah. something else that you do regularly to help you feel connected, centered, aligned, badass? For me, I think journaling is a really powerful one and really checking in on where you're at and really understanding what's really going on internally and how that should be in your external world. Because when you really do the inner work and people, we hear that term thrown around all over and most people don't know what it means. But when you do the inner work and you really see what is going on inside, what are the current beliefs that are running the show right now, you will see direct correlation from the inside to outside. It's like they kind of, you can't escape it. That's why I said like, why I rather let's just go there, even if it's really painful. And lately I've been really going there and discovering things that I'm like, ooh, I really don't like that. And I have to learn how to make peace with it and move beyond it. But really allowing yourself to go to those hard things. It really, that's the beginning of transformation. To sort of sum this all up, there's lots of components that go into being badass. Yeah. There are a lot of layers to being a human being. If you are creative, then you have touched on another, not everybody has the creative zone in their, you know, in them, and that's fine. If you do have that creative spark in you, yeah. use it to your advantage yeah. and have that creativity expand into your relationships, your work, whether you're a paid artist or not, the joy that you have when you are being creative, yeah. it makes a difference in the world. And you can have the same level of joy in anything that you do if you give yourself permission. Yeah. So what we've heard today is number one, go for it and always be cre as creative as you can. Number two, don't be afraid of AI because as you know, Samantha shared, it's just yeah. another opportunity for growth. It's a tool. It's a tool that helps you up level, to help you up level. Because if the fact that you could have AI figure all this stuff with you within seconds, that gives you all this other opportunity to up level in other areas of your life because you don't have to spend as much time doing other things or figuring out things that AI could do for you within seconds. Exactly. You also shared with us the importance of really figuring out what you're feeling in the moment. And some of us refer to it as going within. Both of us believe that success is an inside job. And you've got one more thing that you want to share with us yeah. from being badass. It was checking in. Um, and another thing I was going to say, and this is a big thing that I've really had to learn <laughs> and I'm still you know learning um, is recognize that you know we all have 
like, I don't know, there's a thing called a wealth dynamics quiz. And I've actually never done the formal quiz. I've done a quiz with Eric and Meads, which it sounds very similar. And if you naturally are a creator, if that's kind of where you follow in your wealth dynamics space, recognize that where you specialize and where you don't specialize. Because as a creator, we're really good at certain things. And there's things we suck at just being honest. And we can try to get really good at those things, but ultimately this is where we really need to be open to be like, okay, I'm really good at coming with all these ideas. I'm really good at creating all these things. When it comes to systems and implementation with a lot of these things, this is where I struggle. How can I get support with this? Okay. So to recap, what you're saying about this is it is okay to specialize and to be awesome in one or two things. You don't have to be badass in everything. Part of being a badass is recognizing your great and working on that and letting somebody else, either getting help with the others or giving that over to someone else because we don't have to be everything to everybody all the time. Yeah, and I think that's taken me a long time to really learn. And I'm finally, after all these years, I've been doing this a while, I'm finally coming to the conclusion of like, okay, I'm really good at this. I suck at trying to do this by myself. So now I'm finally going to get the support I need so I could show up how I want to show up. Because when you're building a brand, like anyone who's been building a brand knows it's not an easy thing. It's a long, It's it doesn't have to be a long process, but it's a process that lasts for as long as the lifetime of your business. And ultimately, like it takes dedication, it takes work. And to recognize that there's some things you're really good at with that. And there's some things that you're not and recognize the things that you're not. It's okay with that. You don't have to be perfect at everything. Beautiful. I love it. Well, Samantha, you have been just a wealth of information and inspiration. I would love to see some of your artwork. I mean, I do follow you on, on Facebook, so I, I know I get to see pieces of it there, but folks, check out the show notes because all of the ways that you can connect with Samantha will be there. And if you are an artist that would like to level up your business, please, please reach out to her because she really does know her stuff. And I look forward to doing this again. I will see you next week on The Art of Badassery. My name is Mahara and I'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.